You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Susan J. Faris on with us from SJF Communications. Susan, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Katie. Glad to be here. Uh, Okay, so tell me about you and uh, you as a nurse. uh, What kind of background do you have? And uh, yeah, we'll take it from there. Okay, so with my BSN, I received that at Widener University back in the late 70s and immediately joined the Navy for three years and transferred to the Army for nine and a half years. So I did almost 13 years of military nursing out of school. Um, I was in clinical areas such as general medicine, um, cardiothoracic step-down telemetry, surgical intensive care, recovery room, trying to think of (laughs) all those years ago, after recovery room, ER, um, nursing education, orthopedic nursing, and then I got my master's about seven years after the BSN at Seton Hall University as an adult nurse practitioner, clinical nurse specialist. So that was uh, 86, around 1986, um, and still stayed in the um, army until 1990. So 1990 was a major breakthrough for me when I transitioned to becoming a nurse entrepreneur. And I've been an entrepreneur ever since on and off and absolutely love the life. Oh, well, well, first of all, I want to say, well, you know, thank you for your service. Um, but also you. like you were really a pioneer getting your nurse practitioner back in the 80s. <laughs> that was uh... I, well, yeah, 86. They, and I was in the army at the time and they absolutely were looking for nurse practitioners at that time um, to be schooled. And actually, my first choice was nursing education at Catholic University, and I got into that program as well, but they wanted me to do my home state, which is New Jersey, so I went to that program, Um, and there were pros and cons of doing that program and being in that role. I chose to do a different track. Rather than a clinical nurse practitioner, I went into admin after that, and then it led me to the nurse nurse entrepreneur life. And how is that? How did that lead you to the... Well, I, I needed a transition after getting out of the military. I, I thought, you know, I'm really itching to do something different. And I went to the Myers-Briggs um, consultant course. I had had the Myers-Briggs done for me while I was stationed in Korea years ago. And I was baffled by it. I, I felt like so different from the typical nurse, the typical military person. So as a present to myself, transitioning out of the military in 1990, I went to this course for a week and I became a consultant as a uh, MBTI consultant with the uh, Myers-Briggs type indicator. My type is an ENTP, which is a very creative entrepreneurial type, Uh, extroverted, intuitive, um, using logic to make decisions and then being spontaneous and adaptable. And I looked at most military and most nurses are not that type. And that's okay. We all have value, you know? So I got to see the value in being different personally. And after doing my family with this tool and then doing team building and conflict management as a consultant, it's just amazing that many different types exist and we all have value and we just need to work together. 
Uh, and I, I think back on my nursing days in clinical nursing when, you know, the team, all the staff nurses are a team. So the Myers-Briggs is one of the things that changed my life back in 1990. Uh, and that led me, the, the break from bureaucracy, the Myers-Briggs led me to say to my husband at the time here, well, he's still my husband 33 years after. And I said, you know, Mike, I want to do something on my own in business. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I love teaching. I love motivating people. So I started, my first business was Prosper Development Systems back in 1990, and it stood for Professional Staff Personal Development, the word Prosper. And I did, I'm going to get my resume up because <laughs> I did a lot of stuff there, but lots of continuing education. I had a provider number, NCLEX review, medical bill auditing, uh, medical legal consulting, some voice acting, press releases, script writing, copywriting. And then I worked with um, hospitals, long-term care, home infusion care, medical devices, public health departments, cost containment agencies, like you name it, um, and attorneys, of course. Uh, so that was 1990 to 98. And then I became a mom. <laughs> and I took four years off. And in 20, uh, 2002, started SJF Communications. So um, Prosper was, you know, my first business. During Prosper, I also became a poet and wrote my first book, uh, Poetic Expressions in Nursing, Sharing the Caring. And with that poem, that's another story altogether, which I'll need two hours for. <laughs> but uh, the poetry led me to looking at the arts as a therapeutic, cathartic healing tool for, nurse, for me as a nurse, as a person, as a child years ago with a grandparent with early Alzheimer's. The poem that I wrote, back in 1991 after seeing the movie Awakenings helped me heal by writing the poem and seeing a character in that movie that reminded me of my grandmother. So it led me to writing a, a poem. The poem led to more writing of poems. It led to a book. And then I would do continuing education for nurses. Back then, I was really a pioneer with nursing poetry, um, it, even in Sweden and, and throughout some of the states. Um, just believing in the power of words, getting your words out, because nurses have so many stories deeply ingrained from all the patients we deal with. Um, oh, oh. In a nutshell, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit of, uh, yeah. No, that, I mean, you really have been a pioneer in a lot of, of ways, because, I, you know, I know I, I was looking at uh, narrative medicine in like the early I don't know, 2000s maybe. And I, I think that it was still new then. So, you know, to, to have done all this back in the 90s as well. Like, I mean, what made you, um, well, let, let's talk about the Prosperous system first. Um, did you have problems getting uh, clients at first where people were like, who is this nurse and what is she doing or? Oh, great question. Actually, at that time, I was also an adjunct um, instructor at a junior college in for the nursing program so they asked me they actually had a continuing ed program through their college so they said could you do a class on goal setting values clarification uh leadership conflict and once i did those and developed these ce programs she's you know they said these are yours so that was part of prosper in the beginning is developing personal and professional development courses teaching them throughout I was in Florida at the time and you know going hey you know this is and I did not have to really market it that much because I was in that system of the college that had this program so they were integrated with 
all the healthcare facilities. So I did not have a hard time getting into it. But personally, and with my personality, I've always been a marketer, a true marketer since childhood. And so I learned early on that you need to be able to get spread the buzz and get the word out. And many people are very reluctant to do, to do this. So I kind of have, I don't know if it's a gift or a knack or just some moxie or chutzpah, but I love getting the word out. And I like shake my head going, you know, this one has a great product or wow, what a great idea, get the word out. <laughs> and so many people are reluctant. So that, so Prosper, I did not have a hard time. Um, and that's a great question because many people do. Um, and then things, the other thing in my life and with Prosper and continuing to this day is I love and embrace change. And I think my master's program taught me that, that, that we didn't learn that as much in my BSN program, but I just cultivated change, reinvention, and also being a military nurse, we moved and changed jobs every year to three years. So that's the system that I was in. Yeah, uh, and I, that's yeah. that's really important too because like that's one of the things that I struggled with as an employee because as an employee nurse they want you to do some the same role over and over again and I can't be in that like once I get to the through the fog of what it is that I'm doing yeah. <laughs> I need to move on and there was nowhere for me really to move on they have these like clinical ladders that take you to like it's a ladder to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I am the same way. I actually love creating. And I do not like the mundane or the routine. And I always thought there was a problem with me, but there's not. There's value in that too. You know, I do like to start. I like to create and I create in different ways. So um, nurses out there, please listen, <laughs> embrace change yes. and reinvention. And, you know, don't stay stagnant, be dynamic, create your own opportunities. Yeah, yeah, that was another issue that I had, you know, because it was like one of those things where I kept waiting for things to happen to me for the longest time thinking, well, if I stay in this place long enough, something will happen and it, it doesn't work that way. Right. That's not me either. And I was getting so frustrated and annoyed. So, um, you know, going into entrepreneurialism, it was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> well, I the other thing, yeah, I was going to say, the other thing is I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My mom was a dance teacher. At age 17, she was. So she learned business way back when she's in her 80s now. My dad was in real estate and insurance as an entrepreneur. My grandfather paternally had an advertising agency, and my great grandfather from Italy had a shoe shine business. So there was something in my system with entrepreneurialism. And I never really thought of it growing up, but looking back, look at your roots. You know, yeah. there was some, you know, there. It was probably ingrained in you that you just, you know, go after what you want. And, and a lot of times I think, and this is just my personal opinion, I think nursing grooms us to be told what we want in, in some way, shape or form. And, you know, I, I, working with nurses um, extensively over the years, like you said about the marketing, you know, I'm just kind of like, oh my God, like you're an expert. You're so amazing. Like you have to tell the world and they really shy away from, and I did the same thing. I had a hard time. Um, telling people what I could do because you know I was I was invisible for the longest time and I thought that was just the easier path and it, it was not. <laughs> well, the, the word visibility is very important nowadays too. I mean, with all the social media and you know platforms and all, and and that's look at where you are now. <laughs> I mean, you're helping so many people become visible. That's fantastic, you know. And it and it is something that's not looked upon in nursing 
historically. Right. So, you know. All right. So let me ask you, so you went from business one, did you dissolve that business or was it just kind of like hanging around or? Uh, let's see. I, oh, I was saying I became a mom. And right. so, yeah, so that's basically what happened. I wanted to devote our time with mom, momhood. Uh, <laughs> I was an older mom too. I was 42 when I became mom. Our daughter, yeah, joined us uh, at 42. <laughs> so, and I tried to stay young to this day because of having a 20 something, what is it, yeah. Gen Z? <laughs> yeah. But in the middle, I did make a short time with another business during Prosper. It was called Creative Diversity Rhymes for All Reasons and Seasons because I was always asked to, you know, can you do a little poem for this one that's retiring or, you know, someone's birthday or even a sympathy thing. So I created a small business for a little while, for about a year or so. But this is before computers. I mean, I had to type things out pretty much. You know, there were no graphic programs or anything. And I really had fun with it. Um, so, you know, I was entrepreneurial with, with the poetry even back then in the 90s. Um, and then I started SJF Communications in 2002 when our daughter was four, I remember. And she was an actor in some productions that were... Um, you know, community-based and then professional. And that's when I got back into acting and film work and things like that. So I've had many lives, um, but <laughs> since 2002, I've done PR, marketing, um, now virtual assisting as well. Uh, name it, oh gosh, legal nurse consulting still. I'm a, a sag after actor, um, an author of my book. Again, I republished it in 2021. I've been a producer of films casting films, actor in films, and I'm a blogger and event promoter and, you know, whatever life brings me, I either learn about it and capture it and do it, you know, or I'm kind of forced to do it with whatever client I'm working with. <laughs> so my clients are extremely diverse from theaters, musicians, authors, businesses, um, a couple of artists. And I, I, I could never have predicted this life ever. But I'm yeah. so happy that it has happened, you know. Yeah, and you have the type of business model that can allow you to pretty much take on anything. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> uh, so where did you find, like, what, what did you start with? Um, you know, what was kind of the first piece of your business that you kind of built out from there and then started adding things? Are you, you mean in, um, with SJF Communications? SJF, yes. Yeah, uh, so I'm trying to think, if, I think it was Legal Nurse Consulting first. Okay. Because I wanted to utilize my nursing background. I've always kept my license. <clears throat> but then um, trying to think of what happened next. I don't know. I think the LNC was several years. And then I got into acting. And then we moved again to Boston from San, San Jose. We've lived in a lot of places because my husband's a corporate executive. So each move is another catalyst for me to change and reinvent. And what happened, this is a good story. So I moved to Boston. My daughter was, you know, doing acting and whatever. And I thought, okay, I'll, I like the film process because I was on set with her. And I started doing some background work. And then I got a call uh, in, this is 2008, I believe, the, from the casting director saying, are you available for um, this Ricky Gervais film um, for this casino scene? And I said, oh, I'm going to be away that week or whatever. She said, wait a minute, you're a nurse? You have nursing on your acting resume? I said, indeed. <laughs> Can you be available these four days? I said, will I get my union card? 
She said, yeah, for continuity, if you're a background actor for three days or more. So I became a SAG actor back in 2008 with Ricky Gervais and the event in the invention of lying, the name of the movie. And I played nurse three with two professional actors, well known that were nurse one and two. And I was on, on set with Jason Bateman and Ricky Gervais and Fanola Flanagan and um, Nada Despotovich and Roz Ryan. And it was a fantastic experience. They, they, they made me feel special in this role on camera with no lines, working with needles and, you know, just doing our business kind of thing. And that led me to be a nurse in the invention. I mean, um, the edge of darkness with Mel Gibson in one traumatic scene that a character goes through. So I did film work for almost three years in Boston. And then we moved down here to San Diego. And most of the filming is in LA, of course. And then things changed with the pandemic. So I haven't acted as much, but I played a psychiatrist two years ago. <laughs> so, so my nursing helps me create roles for myself and for others because I have the demeanor. I know how to, you know, I just know nursing. Um, and then I, I'm trying to think of what, what happened here. Um, my daughter was in a production of Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat back in 2011 when we moved here. And the director of the show really liked the fact that I did an article on the kids that were with the adults that were in the show. And he said, you know, you need to be on our board. You really, you got the word out. That was great. So I was invited to join the board of this theater, a professional theater, and I became the PR person for five years. And then in 2016, I went freelance and have been doing the PR for all these other diverse clients. Um, with my nursing, though, I do use it even in PR, because I still use the nursing process in a way, you know, what does this client need? Let's plan something, you know, what, what's our, what is the way we're going to do this? <laughs> and then we implement it either with social media or a press release or whatever. And then we go, you know what, this didn't work. Wow, we're getting hits on this. Let's do an ad on Facebook, blah, 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 blah. So the nursing process is ingrained in me and it's a way to still use my nursing for clients that are my little you know, my other patients <laughs> in the world. Uh, I have to say, this is the craziest story I've ever interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody tells me that, but it's, it's the truth. You know, this is my story. And there's so, ma there's so many stories. But basically, I had a grandmother, my maternal grandmother had early Alzheimer's. So I was growing up from eight to 14 years old with someone who I loved, who was my soulmate, who deteriorated before our eyes, before, our, before her time, and no one knew what it was back then. This is in the late 60s, early 70s. She died in 71. And she was institutionalized because there were no daycare centers or support services for families, no, no caregiving support. It was very, very traumatic for my mom, who was in her early 30s, and I had a young, I have a younger brother. So we, you know, she had two kids, she had to go see her mom. And it at one point, my grandmother got TB, so my mom couldn't visit her because of having two young kids. So on her deathbed, the day before she died, we went to visit her because I had gone several times to see her as a child, which was traumatic going to a psychiatric hospital. And on her deathbed, she did not know my parents. She was at the stage where she was mumbling and just vegetative. And she reached out to me, stared right through me and just mumbled something and connected with me. That was a profound moment in my life. And then in 1990, so that was 71. 
1991, when I saw the movie Awakenings, a character really reminded me of my grandmother. I started crying in the movie theater. The next week, my husband was on a business trip. I couldn't get to sleep this one night. I had took a bath. I had had a glass of wine. Nothing was helping. So I grabbed a journal that he had given me the Christmas before that was just sitting there. And I sat on the couch and I just started thinking about my grandmother and this three page poem poured out of me that rhymed that was in sequence from childhood to 20 years after her death as a nurse, the whole story. And that poem, what I would read to change chambers of commerce or any groups that I was in as a nurse entrepreneur, this is back in the nineties. And that's what really changed my life is poetry. It helped me heal with the death of my grandmother 20 years after her death as a nurse and going into nursing probably because of the whole experience, the care, you know, the care of giving that our family had to go through and such. So very long story short, poetry and the Myers-Briggs, you know, and the military, all the moves, um, nursing has changed me, um, the different specialties I've been in, getting a master's and just enjoying life um, as it came geographically reinventing. So I am crazy, <laughs> but, but I, I'm comfortable. <laughs> with my, I'm a master of all trades and wait, wait, what is it? Jack of all trades, but master of none and try to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny because I've always kind of tried to, you know, streamline my efforts uh, because I can go all different and I do, I go down all these different rabbit holes, but they make me so happy. Like I love you know, talking about so many different things and so many different topics. So I'm, I'm so glad to meet someone like you. Because <laughs> I do feel like a, a strange or weird or whatever, not focused, but you know, you can run a business, be successful and, you know, have all kinds of interest in foci. And that's yeah. definitely reassuring. <laughs> so do you still write poetry to this day or? I do. And in fact, okay. So I was just looking this up. It was in 2017. So I had a big break from the 90s until 2017 with the poetry. I just didn't do much. I was so busy with everything else I was doing. But I was asked to do a, a haiku class for brain injured families and their caregivers here in a writing community in San Diego. This is 2017. It went so well, like we all got a lot out of it. And I wrote everything up and sent it to the person that invited me to do this. I was substituting for her. She's one of the, uh, she's the executive director of our writing area. And I'm like, you know, if that works so well, maybe I should do this haiku again. So as a publicist, I knew all the libraries in the areas for the authors I was working with. So I just got the word out that, you know, I have this workshop. It, I did it on PowerPoint. It's called Capturing Your Creativity with Haiku. and I ended up doing many, for the last couple of years, many presentations at the libraries. And I was usually paid by the friends of the libraries. And I had everything ready for a contract through the county to do this for the next few years. And then the pandemic hit. So the contract being paid by the county rather than each library was no more. But now I'm at the process of getting the word out again to go to the different libraries. So I just, um, I just, uh, booked one for um, the first week in May, which is Nurses Week. And we're gonna try to market it to nurses to come uh, to this library for the poetry lecture. So it's haiku and I've been doing it for the general public, but now I would love to kind of reach out to the nursing community, the veteran community, since I'm a veteran and um, 
just show the value of writing, but my specific one is haiku and poetry um, to get your words out. And I use my, I'm also a nature photographer. So I use about 21 of my photos from different seasons in the year as prompts for writing. But if someone wants to be in my workshop, uh, either virtually or in person and looks outside and sees a couple of trees or a hummingbird, and they're inspired to write from that, that's fine too. And then with our workshop, if people allow it, you know, you can do one of three things with poetry or writing. You can keep it to yourself, you can throw it away, or you can share it. And so I believe in sharing it. So when people share their stories or their poems with me, then I will compile it in, in a blog post with some of the nature photography and their haiku. So they get published. So it kind of like does a whole circle. Um, so how does that work? Like when you're doing um, a haiku class for brain injury patients, let's say, are they creating haikus or are you creating haikus based on their experience or how does that work? That was in 2017 when I did that one class for them. I think we just had them think about something in nature. Uh, I would have to get back to you on that if we have anything saved from that. But with that audience, it was their caregivers with there and they kind of helped them along as well. But basically haiku is five, seven, five. So I would help by going around the room and you know just helping them formulate the five, seven, five and maybe change a word here or there. But they were, they were extremely creative, these, these clients, they really were. So it's fascinating to see that even if there's a brain injury, there's a part of the brain that still can work with language. Even if you can't say the language, there was one patient well, I call him a patient. He wasn't a patient. He was a client in that community um, that used the computer because he, he couldn't speak as well. He had a speech impediment. So he wrote it out and the caregiver read it with me as well. So, you know, you can have help and assistance with your, with reading it aloud basically. Um, yeah. But I also wrote during the pandemic because of the anger, the fear, what's going on, I'm crying every couple of days, you know, like all the emotions. Uh, and the emotions were for nursing too, because I'm not clinical at this time. And yet I feel for these people that were day after day dealing with death, so much death, more than ever in their careers, you know, and what, what can I do? So I wrote poetry and I was published in a few online journals and uh, two anthologies and the San Diego Union Tribune. Uh, and with all the politics going on the last few years and everything. Um, so I still write and I'm also writing a lot in nature. If I go out in nature to take a hike, I'll bring my phone um, and in my notes on my phone, if there's any specific sights that I see or smells or whatever, I'll capture that and I'll write a haiku about it. And then I'll blog about that too. I haven't done that in a while, but um, so I don't know. I'm just aching to be creative and I love nature. And I think people need to look at nature to center, be mindful, you know, and capture the essence of what's out there if they can. So I think, and, and many people, I mean, we can talk about burnout, how, how burnout is so extensive and PTSD from the pandemic for nurses and all. Um, so I believe in somehow trying to help nursing cope with all the devastating loss the last few years and heal themselves through something creative, whether it be writing, cooking, exercising, you know, uh, filmmaking, you name it, theater, telling your stories on stage, whatever. 
nurses yeah. have a lot in their heart. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've seen nurses that have uh, started to do some theater work uh, to kind of act out nursing. Um, and even just using theater is as role modeling for uh, nursing students. You know, that was something we had thought of years ago and never got around to doing. But um, I mean, all of that stuff is really, really powerful. Um, but let me ask you this, Susan. So what is your main focus at this point and where do you see your company going or growing or are you happy with what's going on? And um, Just kind of like your big picture. My big picture is to continue providing PR, but also most recently, the last six months, I've been more of a virtual assistant for different clients. And these clients are diverse too. An artist that wants me to get the word out but also to help her with her um, website and just social media and things like that. Um, I have a screenwriter that's marketing her screenplays. I, all of these people are my patients <laughs> and I wanna continue doing it that way. But also I definitely wanna connect more with nursing, the nursing community. And that's why I'm doing podcasts. Um, I've written my book and I wanna get the book to, um, educators to use in their programs because it's telling my stories and maybe it's oh gee yeah night shift that's right i feel that way too my poems reach out to people that have experienced the same basic things you know um, but educators nursing schools um just it, there's four million nurses i'd like many more nurses to establish communication with me on how i can help them get their words out and their thoughts out and their conflicts out on paper um, or in the computer or wherever. And tell so us that's where I see. What, what's oh, the name of the book again? The name of the book is Poetic Expressions in Nursing, Sharing the Caring. And like I said, I wrote it in 93, but it's a uh, second edition this year. And I did this second edition because of the pandemic, because I recognized how nurses were so burned out and I want to celebrate nursing. I want the public to know more about what we do. Um, and even though I haven't written about nursing in the pandemic because I wasn't part of it clinically, um, I invite nurses to send me their poems too. I mean, uh, we can compile it in an anthology. So, um, and I do teach the create, I mean, uh, capturing your creativity with haiku workshops. Um, so I would be uh, very, very open to doing virtual or in-person local, um, you know, uh, haiku workshops as well. So those are the things, you know, continuing the PR, doing virtual assisting, and reaching out to the nursing community and the veteran community as well, because um, there's a lot of parallels with what's going on. And just um, be there, be there for some people. I'm also a mentor at San Diego State University for the last five years now, and I want to continue that as well. I, I love mentoring. And these are students either in public health, nursing, communications, PR, things that I've worked with the media, that kind of thing. So each student's different and it's an exchange both ways with me learning from them and learning from me. I love uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Susan. Well, if people want to get in touch with you, where should they go or how can they get in touch with you? Um, I Well, I think you're going to add some show notes. Um, so I just sent you a bunch of links, but my website is sjfcommunications.com. And um, I have an author page there, a client page the haiku workshop page, um, lists of presentations. Oh, this is one thing I wanted to mention for your, for your audience. If your, if your nursing communities here do workshops and presentations and CE programs, keep it, keep it on your 
um, website or CV, I've kept mine from the 1980s so that it establishes your credibility in teaching, in being out there. Because now if you want to get out there and be in the media, you need to be prepared with your CV, with a platform like a web, web page, website, um, and know how to speak on the media, dress the right way, have the right lighting. I mean, if you could see what we're doing today, um, your virtual backgrounds can be kind of interesting as well. So I, I have a lot of insight also as an entrepreneur, if nurses want to get in touch with me that way, with media. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for being here with us today. What a pleasure. And thank you for, for being so inviting and, and all that you do, Katie, really. <laughs>